The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Many people today struggle with eating disorders. If you are one of the thousands of people who do, you may be experiencing feelings of overwhelm and isolation. You are not alone. Welcome to Chasing Hunger. Here you'll find out what you can do, where you can find the resources, discover the truths, and get the help you need to regain control of your life. Here is Kathy Welter-Nichols, author and host of Chasing Hunger. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Chasing Hunger. I'm so excited to be presenting this program to you today as we're going to dig a little deeper into the issues of eating disorders themselves. It's a touchy subject. Um, There's a lot of secrecy here, and that's why this show really needs to come forward and begin to offer you some key information, things that I know my clients have shared with me, and I know that as they recovered, they began to see how they're thinking, how they talk to themselves, how their feelings all contributed to this isolation factor and to keeping everything so secretive. Once again, I want to dedicate my program here to those women and men that are struggling with an eating disorder, and specifically to the families of those who have lost people to eating disorders. My heart goes out to you. I know how big of a struggle that is for you. In addition to this, I want to remind everyone, if you are struggling with an eating disorder, you may find some real answers here today. And if you are indeed struggling with an eating disorder, find some help. There are people out there that are getting better and better at helping you resolve the conflicts that are all deeply connected into this problem of the eating disorder. We're going to talk about what is an eating disorder What is anorexia? What is bulimia? What is binge eating? What is emotional eating? We're going to talk about those concepts and how people actually develop them. But first, I wanted to start off with a beautiful poem, and it's almost become kind of a trademark of eating disorders, and certainly the the women I've worked with have really loved this poem. It's by Mary Oliver, and you can find it on the internet. Every time I think I've lost my copy of it, I just remember, oh, right, I can find her on the internet. Um, and this particular poem called The Journey was brought to my attention by a client who was coming to see me, and she happened to be waiting for a ferry. She was coming in from the United States, and as she was waiting for the ferry, she was in a bookstore, and this poem jumped out at her, and she said, Kathy, I have to dedicate this to you, and I was so honored that I put a small um, piece of it in my book, and this is The Journey by Mary Oliver. One day you finally knew what you had to do, and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, 
The whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried, but you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do, though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late, late enough, and a wild night, and the road was full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left those voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. This poem really says it all. Over this period of time, for however long you've been involved in an eating disorder or any of the behaviors with it, you are of two minds. There's two aspects going on in here. One serves the eating disorder, and one is screaming, mend my life. The one that's screaming, mend my life, can be silenced by the other voice easily. The other voice is your voice too. It's one you've come to listen to, and it has a terrific power over what you tell yourself you're going to do. The second voice, your voice too, the one that's screaming, mend my life, is also the voice that gets quieted, shoved to the background, hangs its head in shame, feels forgotten, lost, hopeless, that hopeless feeling. It's all entwined in emotions. I'm going to say here that many of my clients have shared with me, and I always ask, where did you first hear about this idea of restricting to lose weight, of binging and purging, or anything at all to do with an eating disorder? I ask every client, where were you first introduced to it? And some can't quite remember. But that's where we use some hypnosis and we go back and we find out the first time, the very first time. And it's been amazing, some of the recoveries as we begin to understand how at those younger ages, we just didn't have the capacity to make a better decision in the moment. One of my clients shared with me, we went all the way back to the very first time. And she was um, a daughter in a family with an older brother and a younger brother, that middle kid. And from her perspective in life, she was the good kid. Her older brother was a real handful. Her younger brother, he just had all kinds of behavior issues too. But her dad could always count on her. And so she was kind of attached to this idea of being the good kid. She had the little halo on, you know. And so around her family and her family members, she really felt she had to be the perfect kid. The kid that didn't cause her parents any more trouble because they already had enough trouble with the other two. So over the years, she began to hide her real self because none of us are perfect. Perfect is for pillow cushions and wall paint colors. 
It's not applied to a person. We aren't supposed to be perfect. In fact, our life is supposed to be filled with experience. And just by that definition in itself, experience says we have to be cognitive of how we're dealing with life and how life presents and how we problem solve and we learn skills around this. Well, if you start an addiction in those early teen and preteen years, you absolve yourself of learning from your experience. That's what you do. Your brain checks out. Oh, here's a situation. I can't handle it. I'm going to use my addiction. I'm going to use the binging and purging. I'm going to use binging. I'm going to use excessive exercise. I'm going to restrict food because that I can do very well. And that reinforces that good girl, I'm perfect belief strategy. Where we have to take our understanding in this is that you're not at fault here. You just began to entrain the brain to believe a certain way of living. And you did it at a time when your mind was not fully available to create anything more than strategies and patterns of behavior. Along with an inner voice that coached it to go in this direction. Many of my clients present absolutely loathing the pattern, absolutely detesting bulimia, completely overwhelmed that they can't break free of their anorexic patterns and behaviors. Many of my clients feel they can never be free of it, and that happens to be their number one concern when seeking help. How will I manage my life without it? I want to say that is the same question any person presents when they have an addiction. The person who smokes, how am I going to live my life without my cigarettes? What am I going to do when I lose it and and I can't control my emotions? What am I going to do when I'm feeling really upset? What am I going to do when I'm really angry and I can't stop being angry? Emotions. And addictions distract us from our emotions. That's their purpose. That's what they do. But you don't have to live under an addiction in order to bring yourself in line with managing your own emotions. It's just when you were a little girl or a little boy, you didn't know how to cope with those emotions. And entertaining yourself with an addiction just seems so effortless. So that's how we get into these things. There's a couple of other um, interesting things that go along with eating disorders. One of the things I found with almost all my clients, I'm going to say 100% of them, because I ask everyone, they aren't really clear about what is their emotion and what is someone else's. And I realized quite early on, they're empaths. They're absolutely empathic in nature. And some of this comes out of their childhood. They learned how to read mom and dad and the scenario at home. And they learned how to placate, be the good kid, uh, get mom out of her state, get her out of her angry mood, get her out of her. And and as they grew up, as as they went on, they learned how to use that empathic ability to read the situation around them. 
a lot of my clients didn't even know they were empathic. One girl at the age of four had broken a lamp and her dad came upstairs and her older sister blamed her, but her older sister had actually broken it. And so at the age of four, she got paddled on her backside, went into the bathroom and threw up. Her belief was she was bulimic from the age of four. The emotions she could not stomach. And those emotions she ejected out of her body through vomiting. That is not when her eating disorder started. As we went forward in her life path, we found that that eating disorder actually took hold later on as she was trying to manage emotions coming into her early teen years. And we want to talk about this a little bit because at that transition point, when we're moving from child mindset, age of 7 through 11, 12, and 13, A lot of changes are happening in our body and our brain, and we aren't really aware of it. And some natural things begin to happen, and we start to think there's something wrong with us. Stay tuned. I'll be right back for this very riveting and deep conversation about eating disorders. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Contact Kathy Welter Nichols for a private consultation. Use the promo code VA-ChasingHunger for show specials. Book your spot today and start your recovery. Call 1-604-421-1722. Chasing Hunger, the book, is available at ChasingHunger.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. You can find Kathy at WaysOfTheWiseWoman.com. Kathy is a gifted speaker and presenter and is available to speak to your group on all subjects related to women's issues. Contact her now and make your next meeting powerful and inspiring. Call 1-604-421-1722 or visit waysofthewisewoman.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are listening to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Welter Nichols. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to welterk at shaw.ca. Now back to Chasing Hunger. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. So we're really looking at the demographics a little bit here this morning, and one of the key demographics of anorexia is competition. And when I've worked with anorexic clients, the absolute 
riveting awareness for me is they are so intelligent. A couple of the individuals I've worked with, their marks in school have been top. Um, They end up in careers that are incredible. Um, They have no fear of competition. They love it. In fact, competition is their favorite way to express their own unique nature. How does this get set up? Well, as children, once again, endeavoring to be good, be the good kid, be the perfect one, this gets translated over to marks. If I get top marks in school, my mom and dad will be really proud of me and I will absolve them of some worry because they already have enough worry in the family with the rest of the life experiences. So there's this internal mindset that if I am perfect in my schooling and I'm perfect for my teachers and I'm perfect in my weight and I'm perfect in my exercise and I'm perfect in all areas of my life and there's this checklist inside the mind check 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 and it becomes an obsession this competition this competitive nature so if we put anorexics around other anorexics they will compete to the death there is just no question they will compete with each other for weight loss they're competing with themselves every day as they check their weight to ensure that they are staying within the range that they feel is okay. And if they tell themselves in the moment, oh, well, next week we're going to be with the family and I'm going to be compelled to eat, I'll have to eat, so I'm going to lose an extra few pounds this week so that I have room to do it, they will take themselves as low as they possibly can while still being alive. And this is the life-threatening aspect of anorexia is competition. The best way to turn this around is to find something other than yourself to compete against. That's right. Find something in your life that you see has incredible value, has incredible contribution to the world, and compete there. Find a new gene key. Find a new... um, Find a new... uh, Remedy for healing and health. Find something that you can compete in and use your incredible brain to do that. One of my clients had such top marks she won for her whole country and literally was permitted by her country. They would fund any university in the world that she wanted to attend. And so when she picked the university she wanted to go to, As soon as she was in the other country and her anorexia just took off on her, she didn't have her family members there and her competition with her marks, that was effortless. And she decided to do some research on eating disorders, which launched her right back into it. The reality of it is when you step away from an addiction, you need to step away forever and just say, I'm done. I can't do this. If I'm around it, it will hit those spots for me. So when you step away from an addiction, I I speak with my clients that I help with quitting smoking. They can't believe that they can quit smoking in one session because it's been an addiction they've had for the whole of their life and not use some sort of drugs or chemical patch 
Yes, you can leave the addiction of smoking and all of its expense behind for good forever. But that doesn't mean you go and hang out with people that continue to smoke. And if your life partner smokes, well, you've got a real challenge on your hand. You have to figure out, can both of you do this? And how will you do it? These kinds of addictions come in through the family, through their collective. The family has its own collective origins. And when we get into some of these eating disorders, we'll find that there are, um, when we look at the constellation of the family, there are people with these imprints and blueprints throughout the historical archetype of the family. When we go back through that, we have an opportunity to recognize, okay, here's a person that could be a little toxic to me. I'm related to them, so I have to be really inoculated when I'm around them. And if they say something that triggers me, because that seems to be the big thing, if it triggers me, I'm out of control. No, you're not. If something triggers you, you go, aha, I have a little more work to do here. This is something I need to take back to my therapist. This is something I need to talk through with someone because you cannot control other people's behavior. It's just not possible. I quit smoking 30 years ago using hypnosis. I know it works. I tried so many other ways, but I could never stop for the last time. Using hypnosis, I did. I stopped for the last time. And that is my... mindset when I'm approaching clients with an eating disorder is we're looking not to, you know, complete with everything in this first interaction that we have. We're looking for the the blueprints, the way through for you so that you're going to be able to reach that place where you stop for the last time. When you stop for the last time and you know how you're conducting yourself and you're starting to miss meals and you're starting to think about weight again and you're trying on clothes that you you that you used when you were 15 and skinny jeans and skinny belts you know you're starting to trigger yourself so we need to be conscious of how this is happening how we create it and what do we do then Rather than riding the rail all the way back down until you're well into the disorder again and well into the pattern, where you want to do is stop right there. Wait a second. What am I doing? I need to reach out for some help right now. I need to put my hand up and say, whoa, but this is part of the template. Part of that template is I need to do it myself. I have to fix myself myself. I cannot ask for help from other people. And that's part of that novelty, that novelty that goes with this area of eating disorders. It's secretive. I don't tell people what I'm really doing. I allow myself to isolate. And when I'm doing that isolation thing, I kind of ride on it a little bit too. Because I'll tell people, oh, I'm not really feeling well enough to go out. But really, I know. I've been thinking all week, I want to use Friday night when everybody else is out to indulge my behaviors. 
I know we're tipping into some of the area here that you may not necessarily want to fully look at. And it can rise up a lot of emotions, a lot of energy inside you. How am I going to cope with my life then? Well, here's where we start. We have to begin to know what that internal dialogue is really doing for us. And if it's not working for us, we have to use that powerful tool, the positive reframe, straight out of NLP. And what it does is it helps you cope with that internal voice. You can change that voice. You can challenge it. Why am I going to let this internal thought, this internal movie, this internal voice begin to take control of my life again what we want to do is have the quick reframes in place that work for you what does that look like well what stops you what stops you from that pattern you'll have one thing that you know that you can say to yourself that will stop you in the moment you also have the ones that say hey let's go for it Some of these areas really get into challenging your values too. There's a lot of broken trust here, broken commitments, blocking intimacy. I don't allow anybody to see into me because if they do, they're going to see all this chaos I have created. I want to say here, I look at my task as... As a a therapist, as a person that works with this area, I am here to provoke because I want to provoke that liberation in you. And while some of my clients, they're like, how can you ask me these questions? How can you talk to me this way? And I say, my heart is with you. Every piece of me holds full and total compassion for what you're going through. But if I allow that inner voice and your state, your emotional state, your anger or your resentments to really stop me from helping you, I don't do you the service. So a therapist that makes you angry, she's your one. I'm serious. The therapist that really rattles your chain, she's the one. The one that says, I don't buy it. What's really going on? She's the one or he's the one. The ones that code over it and say, well, I'm not going to ask those tough questions. I'm not going to ask you to, you know, really disclose what's really going on with you. They're going to help you stay where you are. And so every therapist, I think, is doing the very best they can to keep you in rapport with them and working with them. But they also need to be able to ask you those tough questions. They're not here to be your best friend. They're here to help you. Get on with your life and to leave this disorder behind for the last time. Some of my clients have emailed after the fact and really thanked me, even though in the moment some of our work together has been really contentious. But it needs to be because we're, we're shaking the roots, the foundations that you built that keep this thing in place. We're going to rattle it. We have to. It has to come down. It's not protecting you. It's not supporting you. It's not giving you the life you want. And when you tell yourself, well, I'll do better tomorrow, you know that that is not going to get it done. You know it isn't. 
That inner voice is trying to placate and make nice with the monster. And bulimia and anorexia and binge eating can become like monsters that you invited home and made room for. And now they have control of everything you do. They're in control. You aren't. We're going to revisit all of this as we go through it. Just take a deep breath. We can do this. We'll do it together. Be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Contact Kathy Welter Nichols for a private consultation. Use the promo code VA-ChasingHunger for show specials. Book your spot today and start your recovery. Call 1-604-421-1722. Chasing Hunger, the book, is available at ChasingHunger.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. You can find Kathy at WaysOfTheWiseWoman.com. Kathy is a gifted speaker and presenter and is available to speak to your group on all subjects related to women's issues. Contact her now and make your next meeting powerful and inspiring. Call 1-604-421-1722 or visit waysofthewisewoman.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Welter Nichols. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to welterk at shaw.ca. Now back to Chasing Hunger. Hi everyone and welcome back. Kind of hard hitting here into the template of eating disorders. And I'm definitely knowing that for all of my clients, when we get to this place, you know what you know, and you know you've got to make this shift. And it's tough, and I know it. I've watched my clients struggle with it too. But you know what you know. And when you know that, you can't unknow it. You've got to go forward. Let's talk about some language patterns that you use to defer and deflect people from investigating where you're at and how you're feeling. One of the primary ones that a lot of my clients use, somebody begins to ask how you're doing and what are, how are things going and, you know, um, you're looking like you've lost some more weight or something like that can really start all the agitation going. One of the easy comments they flat, they throw out to people are, well, I don't want to gain any weight. Well, guess what? None of us does. And the moment you send out a suggestion, that's a suggestion, it floats across into our psyche, and our psyche immediately agrees with you. Because by golly, there isn't one of us that really wants to gain weight. Well, there may be a few people, 
and there are people out there that are struggling on the other side of this of how to put weight on. But for the majority of this population, we are all focused on health, wellness, and that includes weight loss. So this whole aspect of being able to defer others through these little captions helps to push people away from you. I'm having a bad day. That causes everybody to go into their interpretation of what bad is. What's a bad day for me? Oh, I don't feel good. I'm maybe getting a cold. Uh, I've had an argument with someone. I'm feeling upset. I've got a problem to solve. There's my bad day. There's a lot of stuff. Something happened with the car. Uh, I've got to have the hot water tank replaced. I don't know. It could be anything. That would trigger my bad day. But it's really a, a mixed message when we hear about a bad day with someone with an eating disorder. The bad day with someone with an eating disorder is really a little bit of a misdirection. Because we immediately go into our bad day scenario. Oh, yeah, wow, well, I don't want to have a bad day either. I know what they're like. But that's not really what your bad day is. Your bad day is, I'm using my behavior. I got up late this morning, I binged and purged all night, I feel like, I feel horrible, I looked in the mirror, my face is all puffy and bloated over steroid, the steroid overproduction, I've got big black circles under my eyes, I can hardly move, I'm exhausted, I don't know what to do with myself and it's already 4 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm just going to start binging and purging again. The bad day scenario of someone that's using an addiction follows that template. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Nothing happens in a vacuum. And so when we're really young and someone suggests to us we just eat the food and throw it up anyway or throw it up somewhere, what ends up happening is we begin to entrain the brain into a pattern of behavior that causes us long-term problems. I've had people call me and talk to me and say, well, I'm a functioning bulimic. I just use my eating disorder when it, when I feel like it. Again, nothing happens in a vacuum. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the body when you're using some of these behaviors. There's fundamental problems with using bulimia as a weight loss program. First, it's not effective because no one can control other aspects of the body. And it's going to respond and counteract for the extreme restricting of anorexia and this extreme behavior that goes on with bulimia. The body overproduces steroids, and that creates that round moon face. Overproduction of steroids, we know what that does in the body from athletes that are using steroids to build muscle. What it ends up doing is it distorts the way you think, it alters your emotions, it changes your, um, it changes so many variables in the body that you're not really at home in your own body anymore. You also lose your monthly cycle if you're a woman. And if you're a, a man that is using an eating disorder, you'll lose your, your interest in and your sex drive. The body just simply stops producing um, any area of the body that will uh, continue to uh, support these releases of estrogen and testosterone and this type of thing. 
Losing your monthly cycle also means your body doesn't trust you to carry a pregnancy. It can lead to infertility as well as osteoporosis. And your bone density slowly begins to be leached out. I know there's been a couple of um, individuals that had their bone density tested at the age of 40, and their bone density was equal to that of a 75-year-old. Bone density loss is a tough one because you can't get it back. It's leached out into the body. Your stomach gets swollen and soft. It's loose and it seems filled with water from all that binging, purging, or heavy restricting. Wherever you've lost a substantial amount of weight in a short amount of time, what ends up happening is you create that scenario of gastroparesis. And this is a condition in the gastrointestinal lining. What is that? It causes the moment you start to eat again, the stomach is struggling with um, digesting the food and the whole gastrointestinal tract is has literally not processed food properly in a very long time. It has long ago not been able to process nutrient. So what is your way around this? Well, it's not to force the body once again through laxatives and this kind of purging system. Don't go there. Your better way back is to eat those six small meals a day and ensure that they're protein-rich. Now, a lot of people that are recovering with an eating disorder have gone over into vegan and vegetarian-type diets, but your body is really craving protein, and it needs it. That protein is going to help the gut to begin to process in a better way. A couple of my clients had such an extended belly after three weeks of following the six small meals a day. And so I went back and looked at what she was eating, and it was all gone over to that vegetarian mindset again. Oh, I'm eating six small meals a day, but there's no protein in there. We put eggs back in. We put in salmon. And we started getting that just in a couple of places through the day. And the gastroparesis calmed down almost instantly. Now, from experts in this area that I've read and and conversed with, they all agree this gastroparesis situation will usually calm down within six to eight weeks of eating in a, in a normal manner again, which is the six small meals a day and paying attention to portion sizes. What are your portion sizes? It's there in your hands, okay? It's right there in your hands. Your protein is the size and thickness of your palm, the palm of your hand, not the chef, not your mom, not your dad, not your big brother. That's your size right there, okay? And one scoop, one handful scoop is the size of your cooked vegetables or rice, or carbohydrate, and two scoops is your raw vegetables, and that six times a day is going to put you into a very optimum health zone. It will. You have to say, this is what I'm going to do, and do it anyway, even though you may feel a little uncomfortable, even though you're sitting there and thinking, well, I've eaten all this food for three days, and nothing's eliminating. What you want to look at here is paying attention to the fact that elimination is going to begin to happen. Your bowel is sluggish. It's going to take a little bit of time. What was shared with me 
uh, by another one of my clients was she used magnesium. Now, she didn't use it as a laxative, but what she did was she took magnesium capsules, not calcium and magnesium, but magnesium on its own, and she would take two of those before bed at night. It does some beautiful things for our body, magnesium. Again, check with your doctors. Check with your holistic provider. Check with your naturopath. What magnesium does is help with bowel stimulation and elimination. In addition to that, it supports heart, healthy heart. It also supports the joints in your body. Magnesium is a very beautiful healthy supplement that you can take and it even gives you a deeper sleep with fewer dream times it's brilliant so you'll get a deeper sleep which i know sleep and deprivation of sleep is a huge issue with eating disorders and it also helps to condition the bowel it also improves bowel elimination one of my clients she had to stick with it for six days On the fourth day, she had a very small elimination, but then in the sixth day of continuing on, her body started to do it. Now, when I chat with her, because I check in with my clients over the years, and she says, yep, her elimination is three to four times a day. Optimal. Optimal elimination. She still uses the magnesium. It's great for your heart. So... As you begin to realize there are ways out of this thing, you just have to ask different questions. When the mind is saying it's easy to go for this distraction, it's not. This distraction is lethal. I've had acquaintance with a number of people who've lost individuals to bulimia, lost individuals to anorexia, and it's just one of the worst ways to lose someone you love especially if they've held it secret from the family and you get the call one morning and your daughter that you didn't even know was using bulimia has died in the night and you didn't even know it it's absolutely heart-wrenching it's heart-wrenching when you watch a beloved sister go through a life of struggling with anorexia and bulimia and watch her finally succumb to it and lose her from your life. These are critical illnesses. They and, and it's just like cigarettes. It's all over the packages, isn't it? You can die from smoking. And we smoke and we say, yeah, but not me. It's the same with an eating disorder. Yeah, but not me. I can control this. I'm going to say again, the eating disorder is controlling you. When you think that way, that's where you're at. Now, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the areas of the eating disorder that actually cause you to behave in ways that are totally against your value system and the outcomes that that can present in a life that really you want it to be perfect. We'll be back. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Contact Kathy Welter Nichols for a private consultation. Use the promo code VA Chasing Hunger for show specials. Book your spot today and start your recovery. Call 1 604 421 1722. Chasing Hunger, the book, is available at chasinghunger.com, Amazon, and Barnes and Noble. You can find Kathy at waysofthewisewoman.com. Kathy is a gifted speaker and presenter and is available to speak to your group on all subjects related to women's issues. Contact her now and make your next meeting powerful and inspiring. Call 1-604-421-1722 or visit waysofthewisewoman.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are listening to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Welter Nichols. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to welterk at shaw.ca. Now, back to Chasing Hunger. Hi, and welcome back. It's got a little more serious note to this show, I know. So, we need to start looking at what we're going to do to shift this. If you've got a piece of paper or even your cell phone there, <clears throat> lift it and, and put your recorder on and just dictate into this these questions. Who am I without my eating disorder? How will I manage my life without it? What will I do to fill my time? Take a few moments, review those questions, and if you want, send them to me. And I know my email address has been given out here, but I'll give it again. Welter, K-W-E-L-T-E-R-K, at shaw.ca. I'm open to dialogue with you. We can Skype. We can talk about it. There's another area that has happened in your life as a result of these eating disorders. It's part of the secret nature of eating disorders too. And that has to do with your core values. What are core values? Well, they're the things that I run my life by. They're the things that I believe in. I believe in them because I know them to be true. Values are the existence of a structure that I can live my life through. Values get compromised when we have an addiction. They get thrown under the bus time and time again. What about your values of respecting your own physical body? What about the values of respecting your brain and what you're doing to it? What about the values of respecting other people, their time, their presence in your life, their care for you? 
What about the trust that's been broken? Not just with others, but yourself too. I know it. I know that bulimia breaks your trust with yourself. I know that anorexia does too. I know that binge eating, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to pound down 3,700 calories in under an hour. I know that breaks the trust with yourself. How do I get that trust back? When trust is lost over and over and over again, when it's compromised, it takes so much more to earn it back. But let's go to those deeper values. The good girl values. You know the ones, I'd never steal anything. Oh no, I'd never take anything that isn't mine. Oh no, I, I, I would never lie to anyone. No, no, I would never betray anyone. I would never, I, I don't even like to be angry at someone. Those are all compromised values. And some of my clients have ended up on the wrong side of the law, stealing for bulimia. And spending a night in a jail, sen- in a jail cell, that's what happens. You're caught. You're caught on tape. People are watching you. You think you're, you're able to slip by, but you, you aren't. You get caught. And then starts the repair from there. So you can begin to hook this pattern of bulimia or anorexia or even um, behaviors with binging to some of those values that are really critical to you. I know as the good girl or the good young man as you were growing up, your value systems were some of the things you kept secret from everyone else because you were breaking trust with yourself every time you crossed this line. One of my clients wrote in, I used to steal food for the eating disorder, the eating disorder, not my eating disorder. I used to steal food for the eating disorder when I was at home. That's what I did. I knew where my mom would hide things. And I know that at one point my mom even put all of the chocolates and sweets and foods out in her trunk and I found the other key to her trunk and went in there and I binged my whole way through it. Afterwards, yeah, she was really mad, but I did it, and it was done, so I did it. But then I got out into the real world, out into school, and I stole a couple of my friends' lunches, or I stole half their sandwich, or I stole food from the cafeteria at the school. The ladies who were putting the food out didn't really notice too much, and then I started to steal when I got into the workforce. I would go into the fridge at lunch and I would take people's food. Or people would bring in box loads of donuts for meetings and food for this or that or the other thing. And I knew it was sitting there in the boardroom and I couldn't think of anything else. And I would go in there and I would take the whole box of donuts. And I would go into the bathroom, lock myself into a cubicle, eat them all and throw them up. And then people would say, where did all the donuts go? And I would just shrug and walk through the room. I would go through the fridge and take people's food out, bite into it, eat it, and throw it in the garbage. I hated myself every time I did it. Then I started to steal from convenience stores too. And that's what gets us into big trouble. 
now you're sitting in front of a judge. Now you're sitting here trying to figure out what am I going to do with the rest of my life with a sentence for having had stolen. These are critical considerations around your personal values. And I know it's hard to hear. I know it because people do this. And I know it's challenging. But unless we disclose the secrets, unless we talk about this, unless we let it come up into the light, how can it ever really liberate you to finally, once and for all, get free from it? I challenge you, I do, to 90 days of following eating clean, six small meals a day, protein-rich, Stay with the program. 90 full days. That's three months. Think you can do it? See it as a competition. What would it look like if you could? What would I do first? How could I do this? In my book, Chasing Hunger, I set it out as a challenge because I know you love challenge more than anything. If I can get free myself, how novel, it fits the criteria, doesn't it? If I can follow a book and heal myself from an eating disorder, I want you to know some of the clients, some of the people who've bought my book have emailed me and told me they did it. They did it. I know some of the programs out there for eating disorders and recovery are hugely expensive. But you can follow this in your own home. It's not a huge investment. And you can start This new year, focused on yourself. Find the courage to step up and take your life back from an eating disorder. You can do it. You are not going to put on copious amounts of weight because you won't be binging anymore. Make that complex equivalency. If I'm not binging, I'm not going to exactly This begins to dissolve the thinking around it. How can I not binge? Eat the six small meals a day. You know how to do a good day. Eat as soon as you get up in the morning. Eat all the way through the day. If you're struggling, contact me. I'm here. Yes, I'll provoke you. I'll provoke you into the place of your own personal liberation. Let's go. Let's start. Take the risk because it's the start of recovering from an eating disorder for the last time. For the last time, you can step out of this. There's a lot of things that you're going to have to do differently. But come on, you know you can. You have in the past. You already do things differently. You already do things uniquely to yourself. It's time. And so I challenge you to this 90 days. And if you want my help, I'm here. Reach out. I'll help you in whatever way I can. We'll figure it out. And if you're in another country or another part of the world, that's okay too. That's okay too. We have Skype. We have ways. We'll figure it out. We have email. Start there. Answer those questions. Let's begin.
Let's break through this year. You can do it. And there are people there to help you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for Chasing Hunger. Be sure to tune in again next week for another edition featuring your host, Kathy Welter-Nichols. Next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Have a great week.